The title of this conference is Entering the Heart of Jesus, The Path to Unity. It was given by Mrs. Lourdes Pinto at the Love Crucified Retreat on April 22, 2012. It is the fifth talk of the conference. When our Lord began to really teach us more about entering his sacred heart, there was a deep focus, and that became unity. The scripture that became the essence of entering into the sacred heart of Jesus is John 17. These words of our Lord came to life through the Holy Spirit. It was during this time that without even realizing it, Father Jordi and I began to sign the ending of our letters and emails a little different. The signing became one heart, one blood, one sacrifice, one victim in Jesus crucified with Mary. Unity, oneness. It was during this time that Father Jordi was praying in the Blessed Sacrament and the Spirit filled him and he wrote the Chaplet of Unity for the family of love crucified. It was during this time that our Lord gave us, you can say, the motto of love crucified, suffer all with me, no longer two, but one, in my sacrifice of love. The whole focus as we enter into the sacred heart of Jesus is unity. It's oneness. <coughs> John 17, 21, verse 21 through 23 says, So that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they may also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me, and that you love them even as you loved me. The greatest desire of the Sacred Heart, unity. It is the greatest suffering and sorrow of the Sacred Heart, disunity. As we grow in love and in the heart of Jesus, we suffer with Him everything. So one of the greatest sorrows for us too 
becomes a sorrow of disunity. The disunity in our families, the disunity in our communities and our parishes and in the world. That's why I beg all of you that if this family is going to become the light in the world, if this family is going to become the consolation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, <coughs> we must be attentive to everything the Lord's taught us and strive and allow the Holy Spirit to bring us into His Sacred Heart. One of the beautiful things that I think we experience being here together is unity in Him. I will teach you a little bit about what he's taught us and how this is possible. <coughs> because it is possible. Our Lord died so that this is the reality of what life should be. Not only in heaven, but on earth. Conchita wrote about unity. Beautiful words. Chapter 5, the section is called The Abysses of the Trinity. In Conchita's diary, she says, The end of every creature consists in this unity in God. Excuse me. There is found peace and lasting felicity. Souls which tend more and more to identify themselves in this unity, that is, to make themselves but one with the incarnate word, the prototype of every creature's perfection, and which let themselves be divinized by him in the Holy Spirit and in the Father, these souls are the holiest, since holiness depends on love. And the more love there is, the more likeness there is to God, the more unity there is with Him, the more perfection and holiness. With the mystique of the cross, we come to the highest summits of transformation by the Holy Spirit, who unites to the Word and leads to the Father. The very virtues you practice, direct them all to this center of love, to this unique being whence all grace and holiness come, to this unity which is God. The Holy Spirit, one with the Father and the Son, will bear you on His wings up to the heart of this unity that you may understand, move, breathe, and live in it. This divine spirit on spiritualizing you, that is, on unifying you, will make you penetrate into what is spirit, that is, into the essential divinity. Having prior to this <laughs> passed 
through Jesus Christ. In your transformation into him and in virtues and through love. We're coming to the end of the retreat. I began at the beginning reading to you Ephesians. Where St. Paul tells us that it is only through the cross that we become no longer two but one. Now we see how Conchita writes that this transformation into unity with the Trinity is absolutely possible but only through the passage of the cross. All that you do and practice cast it as often as possible into this unity which must bring you along by the infinite perfection of its ever new beauties and by its infinite love. Your pains, your sufferings, your joys, your acts of renunciation, your desires and your hopes, your needs and your feelings, cast them off into this unity which by contact will simplify your life, the essence of your life, until you come to make yourself like to this unity itself in the plurality of virtues. The secret of arriving at unity is to let yourselves be conducted by the Holy Spirit, since it is He who brings about unity in God Himself. More and more yielding to the Spirit. More and more living by bringing everything we do, every question we have to the Holy Spirit and asking Him to direct us. I was amazed when I hear Father Ron tell me that he even prays about what restaurant to go to to the Holy Spirit. It constantly humbles me and brings me into immediate repentance of how little I go to the Holy Spirit, how much I take for granted in my life that I act upon myself. It is through the treasured... Now this is something I've written. It is through the treasured pearl of suffering that our Lord called us to receive that we are able to participate in our spouse's redemptive suffering. It is in this participation of suffering with Him that we come to know love and live in love. We enter the fire of the sacred heart of Jesus, which is pure love, the love of the most holy trinity, through the passage of suffering all with him. Through the passage from the feet to the side, our hearts are prepared to enter the fire of the Holy Spirit in the sacred heart of Jesus. Just as glass has to be soft and pliable, so that it can be shaped and molded in the fire, 
Our hearts also must become soft and docile in humility and purity so that they can become one with Jesus and thus enter the union of love with our triune God. Also, just as wood enters fire and goes through stages of transformation until it becomes one with the fire, this process of transformation also takes place in the furnace of Jesus' heart. It isn't like you enter the heart and that's it. The whole passage in Jesus crucified is a healing, a purification, an emptying, a preparation. So then our hearts enter now into the fire of the Holy Spirit in the Sacred Heart of Jesus and begins a continued purification. Just like when a piece of wood is put in the fire, it doesn't immediately become one with the fire. If you watch a piece of wood in the fire, it goes through changes too. It begins to change color. It begins to change texture. It begins to become smaller until it is finally fully consumed in the fire and it becomes one with the fire. That is also us. In the Spirit and the Bride, say, come in page 82. It says, Mary's role is precisely to prepare the Bride of Christ, the Church, to be one with the Spirit as she herself is, and so intercede in a united way for the coming of the Lord Jesus. By consecration to Mary, we allow her to prepare us as the spotless bride of Christ. We must realize, however, that her way of preparing the bride for the work of the cynical is by way of the cross. She takes literally our consecration to her as she teaches us the docility of Jesus himself. Mary prepares the bride to be, in Christ, a kind of sacrament of intimate union with God and of the unity of all mankind in order to intercede for the new Pentecost. My family, our Lord is preparing a remnant in the church. It's supposed to be the entire body. But our Lord in His infinite mercy and goodness will use the remnant that's responding for the entire body to enter into this unity in the heart of Jesus and with Mary supplicate for the new Pentecost. In 2011, 7-13-11, on the Feast of Maria Rosa Mística, our Lord said this. For due, before he said this, I had been seeing Jesus' chest as a consuming fire. He only allowed me to see that for two days. Then I understood Moses approached the burning bush, but could not approach God in the fire. Moses came up to the fire, but he could not enter the fire. Through Jesus Christ now, we are able to enter the fire 
and be fully consumed in the fire of the Holy Trinity. Then Jesus said, My mercy in my blood and water is being poured upon the world, but I find very few hearts open to receive my grace. It is as the parable of the seed, which is Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. There are very few hearts docile, humble, pure, cultivated, in patient suffering and open to receive my gift of infinite mercy and love. This heart, the sacred heart, which has loved you, meaning humanity, so much is not loved. I promise you, my little ones, that those that come to me in the last stage of my mercy will ascend perfection quickly. For the Father and I and the Holy Spirit love you and want to restore humanity in us. You will lead many through the simple path of holiness I am revealing to my little mustard seed. But be assured that my little mustard seed will be the seed that produces a hundredfold in my church. Do not be afraid to be consumed in the fire of my sacred heart. The fire of my sacred heart is the Holy Spirit. As you are consumed in the fire of my sacred heart, you are consumed with the fire of the Holy Spirit. My hidden force is the fire of the Holy Spirit moving out in the world. The passage to enter the fire of my sacred heart begins with my mother, who is the gate to enter my cross. Therefore, she is the gate to enter heaven. Now in March of 2012, our Lord said concerning his heart, to enter my heart is to enter the consuming fire of God, which is the Holy Spirit. To enter my heart is to drink from my bitter chalice of love. To enter my heart is to be consumed into God, to become one with God, no longer two, but one. My family, in the one sentence our Lord gave us, that one sentence <coughs> holds the entire teaching, formation, treasure that God has given us. Suffer all, all with me, no longer two but one, in my sacrifice of love. Our Lord is promising that if we are faithful and persevere in the passage he's been leading us by, in our littleness, in our struggles, in our imperfections, if we are faithful, because we're not called to live it, he knows we can't live it perfectly. But if we are faithful and persevere every day, and when we fall, we repent, we confess, he forgives us, we get up, and we continue on the path. If we are faithful, he is promising 
that we will become one with our triune God. In 2011, he said, The love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was fully contained in my human heart. In my humanity, the word incarnate, my love was manifested in my suffering. My ocean of mercy flowed from my love in suffering for you. To love here on earth is to love in suffering because of sin. Only in heaven does love exist without suffering. You desire to become one heart with me? Do you then desire to suffer with me? To love is to suffer. I suffer the condition of each of your wounded and broken hearts because I love you. You were created from the beginning of time to know love and to live in love. This is happiness. But sin came into the world and the darkness has overcome the light in the hearts of many of our children. My sacred heart consumed in the fire of love continues to love and desires to set the world ablaze with my fire. This is love. Do not be fooled. My death and resurrection has defeated sin and darkness. The darkness of Satan can never extinguish my fire of love within you. It is my fire within you that has the power <coughs> to extinguish the darkness surrounding you. My family, this is the hope. These words of our Lord are so powerful. He's been preparing us the preparation for the purification that God is permitting to come is not a preparation of stocking food and, you know, that kind of preparation. The preparation is the preparation of our heart. And look at what our Lord is saying. That nothing... Only when we enter and our hearts are prepared in this way, that was the heart of Maximilian Kolbe. That was the heart of St. Benedict of the Cross. The, they enter the darkness of the Nazi concentration camp. What, what greater darkness can you experience here on earth? Hell itself. And did that darkness extinguish the light in their heart? Absolutely not. The light in the heart of Maximilian Kolbe and St. Benedict of the Cross penetrated that horrendous darkness. That is what he's preparing us for, my family. That is the preparation. He goes on to say, It is my victims of love that the Father will use to set the world on fire. It is my victims of love that possess the fire of my spirit. Enter the furnace of my love through the passage of choosing 
to suffer all with me in the hiddenness of your lives. My heart thirsts for such love. Conchita, on page 162 of her diary, Father Jordi, it was in Spanish, Father Jordi translated it for us. You see the union with Conchita and with her teachings with us. All the victims united with the great victim. Our Lord says, one host, one victim, one priest that immolates himself and immolates me in your heart on behalf of the world. The Father will receive with pleasure this offering presented by the Holy Spirit and the graces of heaven will descend as rain on the earth. This is the nucleus, the global, the concrete and symbol and essence of perfection in my works of the cross. Clearly, my immolation suffices and more than suffices to appease the divine justice of God. But true Christianity... The flower of the gospel. Is it anything else or does it aim at anything other than uniting all victims into one? All sufferings, virtues, and merits into the one that I am. So that all these may be of worth and obtain graces. What does the Holy Spirit intend in my church say? To form in me the unity of wills, of sufferings, and of hearts in my heart. What was the desire of my heart throughout my life? But to bring about the oneness with me, by charity, by love. Why did the word descend into the world, save to form with his immaculate flesh and his most pure blood, one blood, to expiate into one's souls. Has the Eucharist any other purpose than to unite bodies and souls with me, transforming them and divinizing them? And not only on altars of stone, but in hearts, living temples of the Holy Spirit, is the victim to be offered to heaven. In doing so, the souls become with him hosts and victims. God will be thereby profoundly touched. Father Jordi wrote something beautiful on the fusion of hearts. You want to read it? He wrote it, and um, he never, I don't think he realized that I had saved it <laughs> in my things. And, and when I was preparing this, I'm not even sure what when it, this was, I came across it. And I said, this is so precious. Our dear Father wrote this. I have come to understand... I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have come to understand that divine love produces a fusion among persons. The fusion that is 
at the center is the union in the Holy Spirit of the Father and the Son in the one triune God. Then, as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are fused, becoming the body of Christ. And therefore, a fusion is produced also among the members of the same body. This fusion is only possible by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it has been torn or badly weakened by sin, and the result is a lack of fire in the hearts of the members of the body. This is what caused the actual brokenness of Jesus on the cross and the piercing of his heart. The act of love of Jesus brought death to to the sin that divides us and restored unity and love. The fruit of this act of love revealed fully at the cross is the outpouring of the fire of the Holy Spirit. The fusion of the persons in the body of Christ is the fruit of the cross. It is a gift of God's love. It cannot be reproduced or chosen by humans, no matter how holy they may be. God gives this gift only to souls that, having died to self, have entered into the furnace of his heart through the love of the cross. This gift of fusion occurs in various degrees. It can be so profound that it is actually experienced as a burning in the heart, a fire that is within. This fire is that of the Holy Spirit in the heart of Jesus. Characteristic of this union is the zeal of the Holy Spirit that makes Christ live in the hearts and which continues to put to death what is not his. This fire fuses but does not annihilate the uniqueness of each person. Just as the body is one but has distinct organs, each part of the body continues to contribute its own uniqueness to the whole. This is clear to me, though at my poor level. As logs enter the fire, becoming one with it and strengthening it, so we become one in the fire of the heart of Jesus. This is why saints grow in bunches. This is the communion of saints. The fire of the Holy Spirit is painful because it is constantly burning away all impurities, putting to death the powers of sin with the power of the cross. This is why many reject it and stay in the cold. Let us not be afraid to go to Jesus, to go to the cross, to be love crucified. If we understood this, we would never in any way offend another for whom Christ died. I would now like to go into a a last sharing I wanted to to tell you. The, The unfolding of the prophecies. And I have to tell you this came together. The title was 
came from the heart of Father. On Wednesday night, we were still working on this manual till two in the morning. And at that night, that Wednesday night, all of a sudden I said to Father, we came to the heart, but I feel there's one section that's missing. And right then and there, the Holy Spirit kind of put the whole thing together and it came together and it's called the, the unfolding of the prophecies. I'm going to share some of that with you now. In the book, The Spirit and the Bride Say Come on page 91 and 92, it says this, there's a prophecy that I've been reading for years and years now since Father gave me this book. And I began to understand that as I read this prophecy, as I read The Secret of Fatima, as I read the words of the prophecy of Pope Benedict when he was Cardinal Ratzinger, that I realized that within this little mustard seed of love crucified, all of these prophecies are unfolding. And I was in humble awe at what God is doing with his little ones. Our dear brother... Father Kasiki, we don't, we've never even met, and I have such a love for him. It says, God's plan to increase the reign of the divine Savior is different from man's plan. One of the prophecies given at, given at St. Peter's Basilica during the closing Eucharist on the day after Pentecost, May 19, 1975, spoke of a new age, a new combat for which we will need new wisdom, new power, and new understanding of his plan. This is the prophecy. I speak to you of the dawn of a new age for my church. I speak to you of a day that has not been seen before. Prepare yourselves for the action that I begin now, because things that you see around you will change. The combat that you must enter now is different. It is new. You need wisdom from me that you do not yet have. You need the power of my Holy Spirit in a way that you have not possessed it. You need an understanding of my will and of the ways that I work that you do not yet have. Open your eyes, open your hearts to prepare yourselves for me and for the day that I have now begun. My church will be different. My people will be different. Difficulties and trials will come upon you. The comfort that you know now will be far from you. But the comfort that you will have is the comfort of my Holy Spirit. They will send for you to take your life, but I will support you. Come to me. Band yourselves together around me. Prepare. For I proclaim a new day, a day of victory and of triumph for your God. Behold, it is begun. My brothers and sisters, our Lord has been preparing us for a new age, the new Pentecost. Our Lord has especially been preparing this family for a new combat. I have been speaking and he's been speaking to us about combat for the past few years. I realize that's what he's been doing. It's a new type of combat. Our Lord has been giving us and blessing us with a new wisdom. What is the new wisdom? We spoke about it. The wisdom of the cross that many still do not have. 
Our Lord has been filling us with a new power as we enter more profoundly through the cross into the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. And our Lord has been giving us a new understanding of His plan. Very recently, in March of 2012, our Lord made a promise to us to love crucified. I will read to you again His promise. This morning, your God desires to make a promise to my family. You are my people because you have listened to the voice of your God and heeded my words. The family of love crucified will grow to bear many branches that will spread out wide and far as the cedar of Lebanon. Many will enter her shade to find the safety and presence of God. For God, my little ones, is with you. That's what I feel in this family. The Holy Spirit is possessing you, purifying you, consuming you in the fire of love of the Father and the Son. My cedar of Lebanon will catch on fire as the burning bush before Moses. (coughs) All who enter this family will be consumed in the fire of my spirit. I promise you, my humble ones, that as the darkness consumes the world, you will be consumed by the fire of God, the Holy Spirit. You will be the first fruits of the new Pentecost. Be at peace, for I am with you. Live as one in my sacrifice of love. In January of 2012, he said, The time is near, quickly approaching. <coughs> Are you responding fully, my little ones? Are you ready for the great and terrible days upon you? You are my people. I have been forming you for the battle that draws near. Are you ready, <coughs> my family? Heaven watches with anticipation, for soon the eyes of many will contemplate my glorious cross upon the sky. Raise up my hidden martyrs of love for the decisive battle that draws near. Call forth my victims of love, for it is they that are the passage for the Queen of Heaven to usher in the new Pentecost for the world. As our Lord has been preparing us through the past years for this new comeback, it all came together for me Wednesday night. As I read these words, new comeback. No wonder our Lord's been speaking so much to us about the battle and about the armor. And he began, I would say a year ago, to speak to us about something very important for this battle. He began to speak to us about the sword. And this is very important because in that prophecy in St. Peter's Basilica, it talks so much about a new comeback. So we need to understand, understanding is the gift of the Spirit, what our Lord is doing, what He's asking for. This morning, Ortensia said to me that some of the mothers were talking and they were saying how happy they are to be in Love Crucified at kind of at the beginning. When we're still small, they were saying, gosh, it's such an honor to be part of something that's unfolding. And then Ortensia said to me, and, I, and she's working so hard because Ortensia says as it grows, It is this foundation that's going to have to be ready to pass on and transmit, mainly through the witness of each of us that have entered this, that have been transformed to the others that are coming. How true that is. You need to understand what it means to be the sword, because it's not the ways of the world. It's not the sword of the world. In 2010, our Lord said, the world depends on swords, missiles, and guns to win battles. 
But this decisive battle will be won by the cross. My victim souls uniting themselves to my love crucified will free the world from the bondage and darkness of Satan. Then in 2011, he began to speak to us about this sword. He said, The justice of God is upon my people. It is my holy remnant of victim souls whose prayers and sacrifices will cover the earth as heavenly dew. That's from the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 7 through 9. The justice of God will come upon the world. The great and terrible day is approaching upon the earth. The majority will be caught in total dismay. Life as you know it will cease to exist. It is my holy remnant of victim souls that will defeat Satan and all his principalities. Persevere in suffering all with me. Persevere as one with the word of the cross. For then and only then do you hold the power of God. Then he said, Your lives in my crucified love, listen carefully, become the sword of righteousness. Bring me many victim souls for the battle at hand. My little ones, I need you. Then twice our Lord has spoken to us about David and Goliath. And it really meant so much to me when Patricia gives us our little gift. And out of everything she could have picked to put in the little box was this message. This was recently, in January of 2012. This is from Samuel, chapter 17. Our Lord says, My little ones, the time draws near. You hold the sword of the Spirit in the mission given to you. My family of love crucified are my warriors of love that will defeat the dragon in the decisive battle that draws near. Be ready to approach this evil in the same way that David approached Goliath. He's teaching us. You will conquer the dragon in your littleness and purity because it is God who is with you. You must not fear and believe with the innocence and zeal of David. You each must approach the battle with five stones also. First, the stone of humility, possessing the perfect knowledge of your nothingness and my power and majesty. That is why the formation in humility is continuous in this family. Without humility, nothing. We have to help each other be humble. We have to guard ourselves always from self-righteousness. Always. Satan will always divide through self-righteousness. We can never be ones to judge anybody. We must see the good in everybody. We can never think that we are better than anybody. It is pure gift. Nothing that we have done has brought us to this point. It is a pure gift of God. And we can never forget that. Lord forbid if anyone in this family enters self-righteousness because there Satan will always enter. The second stone, purity. Purity of mind, heart, 
intention, word, desire. We must help each other, especially in the purity of our heart and in the purity of what we speak. That's why the virtue of silence has been one that God has stressed greatly in His family. It doesn't mean that we do not speak, but we must help each other become more attentive of what do we speak. 